Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland. With me today is just Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, just Cortland. How are you doing? Ugh, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm pretty tired today, but whatever. You know, we got to do the podcast. That's our thing. That's what we do, right? We got to talk about every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. We be tired and talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark. Our recording times are so silly. Got to do what you got to do, though, right? So how are you doing this week, Brandon? Doing all right. That's good to hear. Doing, doing all right. It's a new week, a new season of Are You Afraid of the it's Dark? A new Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is it a season, though? I mean, IMDb tries to tell me it is, so there's that. Yeah, retroactively, are they calling it, you know, season eight or season one of the new series or what? No, I think it is season one of the new series, but... When we're doing this podcast, I put it in my season eight folder that I just created because I'm not going to do season one reboot or something. So whatever. No, that's absurd. But uh, yeah, anything anything sweet happened to you this week, Brandon? How's it going? I, I got to know. I feel like something sweet happened, but it must not have been that sweet because I forgot about it. Yeah, that's about life. I understand. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> not sweet enough. Ah. Uh. You got to put a couple of tablespoons of sugar on that life, Brandon. Mix it up. Yeah. I need to sweeten up my life. Do you guys have cereal over in Australia? Cereal? What's that? Really or no? Because I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Yes, we have cereal. Okay. I just had a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch today that costed $10. (laughs) You poor angel. So I did something uh, last night, Brandon, before I went to bed. Do you want to know what it was? Do I? Yeah, it's fun. Okay, let's hear it. I started a new farm in Stardew Valley. I love that game. Such a good game. Really? Yeah. My character's name is Bostic, and my farm name is The Magic Mansion. Actually, it's just Magic Mansion, because I tried to do The Magic Mansion, but it got cut off, and it ended up being The Magic Ma. And then I was upset, Ooh. so I restarted. Yeah, but that's uh, not good. yeah, my cat's name is Sardo, so I'm having fun. I love that game. Good stuff. I think Sardo would make a great cat. He was just the embodiment of a cat, right? Yeah, he's a human cat. This the cat I'm that I got off shelves. <laughs> it walked. It was sleeping on a spot. It got up, walked across to my crops, and then laid down and fell asleep with a, like a loud thud. <laughs> Classic Sardo. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'll a keep great you updated. game. <laughs> it is, it is. They come, they just came out with a new, um, like a new farm type and a new update with some new stuff. And I haven't played it for a couple of years, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's been added because it's one of those cool games where the developers add stuff to it, like well after it's already been made and done, and they made their money on it. Yeah, that's, the kind of that's really cool. I, I know if I was a game developer, I would drop my game. Like a hot sack of shit and move right on to the next thing. (laughs) You'd be like Capcom with Resident Evil 3 Remake where they didn't even make any new costumes for the characters and then just were like, well, buy it. Yep. I would be like, done after every game. I would love to be the kind of developer that uh, adds to their game well after people have already bought it and still love it and everything. Why don't we add some DLC to this podcast? Ooh, we do. <laughs> it's called the Patreon. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. We're always adding stuff. We're such darlings. Yes. <laughs> Love us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brandon. So uh, are you ready to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do I have to? Yes. It's the ah, reason for the my season. Contract. All right. I, guess, I suppose we can. We just got done watching the 2019 reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the first episode, submitted for approval. 
What did you think of this episode, Brandon? Uh, I probably thought the same thing as last time. That <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, it's not what I would have wanted to start an Are You Afraid of the Dark story, but it seems like it could go places. I guess. Yeah, I've seen this this first episode twice now. Yeah, because we covered it back when it was new. Right. Long-time listeners will recognize that we are treading old ground. Yes, yeah. And uh, I actually looked at my notes for the first time we recorded this, (laughs) and Uh it is very similar. Turns out I am the same person I was then, (laughs) with the same kind of thoughts. Yeah, I will. we had to strike the iron while it was hot, Brandon. We had to get on this while it was new. Um, Mm Because we were only in season two when this... Uh, first aired so i didn't even know what a tucker was yeah exactly i was like brandon we need to stop everything we need to watch this and we gotta do a quick episode about it because everybody is going to be clamoring over uh the new are you afraid of the dark they're going to want to watch listen to podcasts episodes. so even though i've still only just seen the first episode mm-hmm. i feel like this would probably work better as a movie Rather than three episodes. Yeah, maybe. Similar to... Um, Silver Sight. Silver Sight. But I feel like this episode stands on its own better than any of the Silver Sight episodes did. I know what you mean. Alright, so our episode starts out right away. We got our main character. Her name is Rachel. She's played by Liliana Ray. Probably saying that wrong. Sorry. She's also been in shows like Blackish for an episode, The Night Shift, not the episode. And later this year, Brandon, she's going to be in Top Gun Maverick. Cool. Yeah, right? I've never seen Top Gun. I guess. I don't know. I did play the Nintendo game. Ooh, that's hard. So she's in this hallway, and it kind of reminds me of Nightmare on Elm Street. There's the water dripping. It's a very wet hallway. Right, right. I think they're trying to go for the Nightmare on Elm Street, like, boiler room wet (laughs) area. Water is scary. You think so? Well... I mean, just dripping water. You always see that in horror movies. You want to know why it's scary, Brandon? Because if it's happening in your house, you're it's expensive and something's fucked. Oh, God. I know. It's it's like when I'm watching Alien and the xenomorph is dripping <laughs> all the way. I'm like, oh, no. The repairs would be so expensive. Yes. We hear somebody laugh behind Rachel and then something starts banging a stick on some metal. Rachel runs down the hall, and she goes down some stairs, some gas sputters out, and it spooks her, and she gets down to the bottom of the stairs, and the silhouette of a certain somebody in a top hat can be seen in a door frame. It laughs and disappears as Rachel runs away, and she goes down another hall. She turns, and we see a little girl sitting at a desk. She looks up, and she says, help me, Rachel, before it cuts, and she disappears. That little girl is going to be back later, so I'll cover her uh when she's more prevalent in the story spoilers yeah. rachel doesn't help that little girl though she keeps walking and she <laughs> stops at another desk doesn't even try you're my only hope rachel nah yeah she's like fuck you so she sees this little beetlejuice thing that's spinning like a circus thing on it it just reminded me of a beetlejuice like one of his costumes that he transforms into at the end you know what i mean oh yeah definitely maybe that's Very what good. they were going for i'm not sure She takes a look at that, and then she slowly steps forward, and the room around her lights up, and there's a stage that appears. She turns around, and the stage lights go down the hall. Rachel stands up, saying, this can't be real. Wake up! And it cuts over to the shoes of that top hat-wearing dude as he slowly walks over to Rachel, until we get to see 
his full form, and he calls out, Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the show. And Rachel yells, No! And she turns around, but Mr. Tapa is right there in her face. And then she wakes up, and she's oh, all sweaty. Fuck. She's all sweaty. Oh, oh man. I know. Totally got me. <laughs> you thought she was going to get, I don't know, top-hatted? <laughs> uh, no, that was very clearly a dream. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that whole sequence was like, you know, just kind of horror movie cliches and homages and stuff, but it looked mm-hmm. great. Oh, yeah. It's probably one of the better parts of the episode. Not going to lie. Yeah. They started pretty strong, I think. It's a downhill slide from here, you guys. Rachel, t- <laughs> Rachel tells herself that it's just a dream and she reaches over for a glass of water on her nightstand. The light flickers a little bit and the camera pans up and over to... And it pans up and over and out her window, where we see Mr. Top Hat standing on the road. Two random-ass children walk up to him, and he takes their hands, and he walks away. And it fades to black, and then we get the That's opener creepy. for Are You Afraid of the Dark. And it's the theme song, and it's got some spooky imagery. I thought it was pretty cool. They did a good job on the opener, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the old theme song. Yeah. It's more relevant, you know, flashes of stuff, like some fucking scorpions, and a carnival you know all the hits yeah i think that the two children are walking up to mr top hat and, and then walking away is really creepy and yeah um, i mean anytime you have like some creepy looking dude taking children away like that's just creepy yeah don't like it so i'm gonna say the the thing that i'm looking forward to most about this season is finding out why he steals children you know like spoilers he steals children i mean it's showing us that right now so i guess it's not really that much of a spoiler but sure. like but he why have a good reason like is he shrinking them to sell them to kids and sell these kids to australians like right a good I, reason yeah <laughs> i just want to know why why is he doing this so hopefully that gets answered if not i riot before we go on though let's introduce mr top hat because we've seen him now he's played by i'm probably gonna say his name wrong Raphael cassell oh god but i say totally it wrong wrong yeah, well. No, I don't know. I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> He's been in a lot of stuff from sound design to editing to writing and producing. And he also played, Brandon, Jack Skellington in the 2020 Nightmare Before Christmas concert. That was a thing? Cool. Yes, according to IMDb it was, yeah. So, he just, he loves starring in Tim Burton-ish things. Back in the episode, we're in Rachel's room and she's sleeping on her bed and the door explodes open. <laughs> I like, I'm glad you said that because my notes say explode as well. Yeah, mom like shoves that door open and she it bangs against the wall. jams her way into that room. It bounces, it closes again, and she smashes it open. It's crazy. It's an infinite loop. Mom's in there. She's complaining about how Rachel has an unfinished packing. And Rachel tells her, soon. And mom nags that they're in a new town. It's the first day of school. It's a very big deal. And Rachel's all, why are you so caffeinated? But mom tells her that she hasn't even had any caffeine yet. And she's just so excited about all this. She's asking Rachel if she was excited and she's not. So we zoom in a little on Rachel's face and then we get a montage of her brushing her teeth and then eating some cereal. We cut outside of the house and we hear Rachel's mom talking about how awesome it is that Rachel gets to choose who she is. And all that crap is we hear some song about darkness. Okay. Obviously, I'm not, I don't. My notes are just like, and then this, and then that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. I know. She brushes her teeth, and then darkness. Yeah. Rachel takes a step, and she looks over, and mouths, whoa. 
And we get a look at the teenage boy that she's looking at as he puts on a coat in slow motion. And mom lamely smiles and waves at him saying, hello, young man. And he waves back saying, hello, lady. Mom tells him, we're your new neighbors. And the kid's all, right, yeah, I noticed. And then mom kind of whispers to Rachel, say something to the boy. So Rachel awkwardly calls out, I'm Rachel. And, oh man, I'm cringing right now. The sassy kid (laughs) asks, Is that a question? Fuck you. Oh my god. That's not a response a a teenage kid would ever say. No. That's a response like a 70-year-old teacher would say. Like, Yeah, that's the kind of thing like, Someone's like, can I go to the bathroom? And they're like, I don't know. Can you? I hated it. Oh, my God. I hated it so bad. It made me not like the character. <laughs> Just right away. Like, how Is that a badly can you <laughs> get off on the wrong foot? Rachel shakes her head saying no. I mean, um, but the kid interrupts saying, Gavin. Rachel nods some more and mom's all, see, making friends already. This whole interaction is going to lead me to my biggest complaint about this episode. These teenagers are acting like they were written by adults, and I don't like that. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. They are, all of them, they all act as if they were written by 50-year-old dudes that have no idea how a teenager would act. makes me mad. It's it's not very natural, no. Yeah. Makes me really mad, Brandon. (laughs) It's a shame because I think the actors themselves do a pretty good job. I don't know what it is, but it seems like child actors are just better these days. I know what you mean. Like in in the 80s and stuff, I mean, God, that kid from Rockadoodle was like, and Don Bluth was just like, I love it. You're hired. (laughs) So I get it. Yeah, I don't know. Kids are kids all the time, but for some reason, like, I haven't watched something in quite a while where I was just like, oh my fucking god, this kid. Yeah, we haven't had any, like, buzzes on TV in a while, I don't think. No. We have another new character here, Brandon. We got Gavin. Oh, actually, hold on. We have Rachel's mom first. Rachel's mom, Hannah, I guess is her name, is played by Fiona Vroom. I like saying a Vroom. She played in Bates Motel. She played in Kindergarten Cop 2, which I didn't know existed. Did you know that was a thing? What the hell? Yeah. Who's in it? Uh, I don't know. Is I... it Larry the Cable Guy? Please tell me it's not Larry the Cable Guy. You know, it's probably not, but now I hope it is. Let's see. Dolph Lundgren? Darla Taylor? Oh, shit. Dolph Lundgren is maybe the only name you could have said that m- would make me be like, oh, I actually want to watch this. I would love to see Dolph Lundgren yell at children. He was He-Man. You know, I got this thing going on in my brain where I think anybody that was buff in the 80s that wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger was played by Lou Ferrigno. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sure. It's pretty great, not gonna lie, but it's a little (laughs) just, it's a little bit confusing when I see stuff like Dolph Lundgren. Because as far as I'm concerned, He-Man was played by Lou Ferrigno. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that wasn't Lou? (laughs) Lou wasn't Rambo? Alright, you ready? Let's get back down to business. This episode's gonna be like four hours long. I know, Brandon! (laughs) And I hate trying to be like, come on, Brandon, focus! Alright, let's just go, let's go. Alright. Gavin, his last name, Coscarelli? Let's go with Coscarelli. 
Yeah, all of the Midnight Society members, their last names are like um, references to famous directors of horror movies. So like Rachel was Rachel Carpenter. Gavin is Gavin Coscarelli. We have like Fulci. We have uh, Romero, I'm sure. Like Raimi, I think. Actually, it's Raimi. Um, Anyway, he's played by Sam Ash Arnold, who was also in an episode of the Netflix show Creeped Out, which I believe is kind of like a Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of show. And he hmm. also played in the TV miniseries called Best Worst Weekend Ever. That sounds like a thing that might exist. Yeah, I'm thinking it was like a Nickelodeon thing or something. I don't know. The next scene, we're in the car, and Rachel is drooped in the backseat listening to some music. She giggles a little, and Mom snaps, Are you thinking about that boy? I mean, that young man was a real Timothy Chalet. Sh- sh- fucking Timothy Chalamet. Is that what she says? Did I say that uh, name right? I don't know. I don't know. She doesn't know if she says it right. I don't even know who she's talking about. Rachel tells her no, and then she struggles to say the name, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Is that is that somebody? I don't know. It's a real person, but I couldn't tell you what he was in or what he looks like. Okay. Well, Mom continues saying, I mean, he looked like he could be the love interest in a teen romance movie, doesn't he? And Rachel's all, Mom. He wishes. Mom looks at her through the mirror, and she squeaks, what? He's handsome. She says some other stuff, but I don't know what it is. She's, like, squeaking all over the place. The music so, picks up some more. This mom, she's, like, five or six clicks on the <laughs> dial past anything that past audible to should human. be. <laughs> I, I think I, I love her for it. Yeah, she's pretty great. <laughs> she's like so much more high energy and outrageous than anyone else on this show who's like you know dour and moody and like oh i like spooky stuff i'm cool yeah and she's just like fucking ah! all the time <laughs> she needs to tone it down a couple of decibels to be able to be heard by like human ear but i'm sure the sound her. designers on this <laughs> episode had a lot of work to do <laughs> oh yeah she's, i mean she talks and i don't even know what she says because she's so like <laughs> on a different frequency <laughs> the music picks up some more which by the way i don't care i don't like the music but no. that's that's not important and the, the card <laughs> it's not for us maybe it's like the hottest shit for you know 14 year olds two years ago yeah which is whatever i mean it doesn't matter the car drives by, and we see the sign for Argento, Oregon. And I'm not... Is that a place? I don't think it is. Argento is... No, is a, it's just a reference a nod to, to Ar- Dario Argento. Okay. And we get this sweeping shot of the town before the car stops at school. And there's a crash of thunder, and then it starts pouring down rain. So, I think it's... I mean, it's neat or whatever that there's references to, like, horror directors and stuff. Right. But... I feel like it would have been cooler for me if it was references more to Are You Afraid of the Dark stuff. I know what you mean. And I agree with you. I'm interested to see how many references this even has to the old seasons. I didn't catch any in this episode. I didn't either. Other than, other than you know, the Midnight Society stuff in general, but I don't really count that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, should be there. I feel like the, these people watched like one episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and they're like, yeah, I get it. Because there's just so much thematics surrounding the midnight society that is just something that i don't think was there no 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 it's a little too much and we'll get to that in a minute 
Oh yeah. Well, not really. It'll be like in, half in an like hour. five hours at this rate. But <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Rachel unbuckles as mom says, "Now listen, honey. I am so proud of you." But Rachel yells, "No more speeches. You love me. I get it. You also think I'll make friends this time around, which is excessively optimistic. I'm just gonna do my best, okay?" Mom nods, saying, "That's all she asks." Rachel starts to get out of the car, but mom stops her, saying, "You know, I'm rooting for you. I'm your biggest fan." And Rachel smiles, saying she knows, and she throws up her hood, and she gets out of the car, and she sighs at her new school. She throws up her backpack over her head and walks through the crowd of kids that all have umbrellas. I wouldn't want to get my backpack wet, but whatever. I haven't been a school kid for a while, so. We cut over to a school bus that's screeching to a stop. There's a scream, and we see a kid with a shirt that says, watch horror movies on it. Which I don't like at all. You don't like that? No, that is way too on the nose for this. Yeah, well. He should just be wearing, uh, like, a shirt with a poster for an obscure horror movie. Yeah, maybe they just couldn't get the rights to some something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but just a shirt that says, watch horror movies. I thought it originally it said, I watch horror movies. Yeah, I thought <laughs> so <it> too. <laughs> <laughs> which would be something i guess i mean that would be like you know i love new york or something but no it's just like hey watch horror, watch movies. horror movies yeah i don't like it it's okay i don't either he okay so this kid takes out some hand sanitizer and he squirts it into his hands he puts on his headphones and he steps off the bus and there's some i, I say there's some shit music playing but that's i can't, it's just my it taste. Is shit okay <laughs> The kid, this kid kind of bops and dances around. Someone throws a ball at him, but he dances out of the way of it. <laughs> it's some kid behind him. Yeah. It's... <laughs> dances. It's absurd. Arguing. When did the movie Baby Driver come out? I have no idea. I've never seen it. <laughs> Maybe Baby Driver copied this. Oh, probably not, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar Wright was like, saw this and he was like oh fuck that was awesome and then he's like i'm gonna make a whole movie out of that shit i hated this so much <laughs> <It's> <laughs> he, just, he just dances out of the way of stuff like he's michael jackson or something god it's absurd it's so stupid <laughs> i hate it i hate it it's so stupid yeah between that and the shirt like this character's introduction is just oof. I don't know. it's oof brandon <laughs> roof stoof Ugh. we got graham ramey played by jeremy ray taylor who you probably know as lil ben in it chapter one and two he was also in goosebumps too yeah he's a pretty uh typecasted young actor i'd like him at least I liked him when we went and seen it. Yeah. I don't care for him in this episode, spoilers, but that's because he fucking dances on dangerous <laughs> situations. Dances across the street. If only he did that more often, though. Like, it's shitty because it happens this once. But if it happened more, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, he's a superhero. This kid just dances through danger. Right there, superhero idea. He's invulnerable only when dancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't put this in the episode. We have to make sure we I know. copyright this. <laughs> I need to get a hold of Marvel. Like, stat. <laughs> Could, uh, okay. 
we're inside the school now, and Rachel's opening up her locker, but her locker is stuck. She sinks into a mild depression for a moment before a kid pops up asking if she needs help. And this kid tells her, there's not many things that I'm good at, but I'm mastering the art of opening up these death traps. And the trick is, you gotta... And he awkwardly backs her up, and then he rams the locker as the kid tells him, nice going, Adam. Basically, Adam tells her that the lockers get sticky, so you gotta apply force. And then he confidently tries to open it up, but it doesn't open up. The bell rings, and Rachel tells him that she appreciates the attempt. And she walks away, and that was that Nice job, your Ron Weasley-looking ass. I will say another thing that kind of annoys me about this episode is there's a lot of very quick scenes that just kind of cut, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's over. (laughs) This pays off big time in the end, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. Adam is played by Forrest Rositi. Rositi? I don't know. It sounds like a pasta. He hasn't been in a whole lot, but apparently there's a new Mighty Ducks show that's coming out this year that he's in. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Is Estevez involved? I don't think so. I didn't look that hard. But it's just an animated show, so I don't think so. Oh. Fuck that, then. Yeah, I know. So now we're in a classroom, and Rachel goes to take a seat, and the teacher looks at her saying, Oh, I see we have a new student. All right. Come on up to the front of the class. You say that, but the way he actually says it is like, ugh, I've got a new student. Just ugh, introduce yourself, I guess. Ugh. It's very unrealistic. This wouldn't happen. He's very high disgusted school, with her. They're in high school, and it seems like this high school is very big, so like nobody fucking cares. So Rachel walks up, and we look around the classroom at some kid putting tape on his face, another girl whispering secrets. And then another boy with something in his mouth. It's all very stupid. Rachel tells the class, Hi, I'm Rachel Carpenter. And the teacher interrupts telling her to speak up. So she says that line again, but louder and more awkwardly. And the teacher tells her to tell them something about herself. So she tells the class that she's new. And the class giggles. And the teacher tells her thanks for sharing that info. She takes her seat. And the kids behind her whispers, Hey, strong speech. And it's of course Graham from earlier. Rachel sighs saying, thanks, put a lot of work into it. And he smiles saying, I can tell. He introduces himself as Graham and Rachel looks at his shirt saying, watch horror movies? And he nods saying, yeah, just a suggestion. Rachel then asks if he's seen The Changeling. He's all, have I seen The Changeling? Wait, have you seen The Changeling? And she stares at him for a second and scoffs and then she unzips her little pencil bag and she starts drawing, starting with some sort of hat on top i'm not sure and we look at her skull Hmm. earrings and then down at her book in her bag which is hp lovecraft and rachel just goes to town with that drawing she's coloring it in and everything until the bell rings kids they just wanted to like you know gotta say front and center like these kids like dark stuff yes they were it seems as if they were all i watch horror movies sure and give her the hp lovecraft sticking gently out of her bag (laughs) So you know, which is probably never brought up again. Shit, I gotta say, Brandon, I've watched The Changeling, and that is not a. It's not a movie I would be like, oh, you like horror movies, huh? Have you seen The Changeling? That's not a movie that I would suggest to anybody like that. Which movie is The Changeling? The change. Okay, so spoilers to The Changeling. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> stop listening now. It, it came out in 1980, I believe. Starts off with a. Um, wait, wait a second. Are you just trying to distract me? <laughs> no 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 certainly not okay all right uh it's about a guy that um his wife and kid die 
and um, he gets this giant house and a kid in it was drowned by his dad and then the dad um, got a new kid from like a different country or whatever that took his place um, as a changeling. And then there's this drama about like a 90 year old dude that was the changeling. And then he's got to be like, oh, you're not the real that guy, except it doesn't (laughs) fucking matter because you're 90 years old and you already lived your whole life. So what is this movie even about? Okay, so that sounds all right, I guess, but not the kind of movie that I would use to gatekeep horror fans. Right, exactly. The bell rings. She puts a cap on her pen and she is out of there. Graham kind of looks at her drawing for a second before Rachel snatches it away. And Graham silently says, no, but she throws it away in the trash can. We watch Graham walk up to that trash can and he freaks out over the trash in it because he's such a germaphobe. But eventually he reaches in and he grabs it, even though there's somehow a moldy smoothie in it. That doesn't make any sense. No, whatever. He immediately sanitizes his hand and he unfurls it to see a picture of Mr. Top at. And I thought it looked pretty good. He snaps a picture of it on his phone, and that's that. Yeah. Done. The picture's cool. It's it's labeled Mr. Top Hat, which I found odd. Yeah, right? I doodled a lot in class, and I can't imagine, like, writing descriptions of what it is. Yeah, that is really weird now that I think about it, right? Like, that would have been the last thing she put on the drawing before crumbling it up. She wouldn't have wrote Mr. Top Hat and then drew it. Yeah. So... I don't know. That's just weird to me, I guess. No, I hear you. That's like something a a child would do for their drawing. I mean, that drawing was specifically for her. She crumpled it up so nobody else could see it. So why would you label it? (laughs) You know what you're doing. (laughs) She knows who that is. Yeah. We cut over to the lunchroom where there's a ton of kids eating lunch. Rachel cuts into frame with her little salad and stuff. And all the kids are all, sorry, this seat's taken. And it's really lame. Eventually, she finds Adam and asks if she can join him. And he's all, you serious? She sits down and he says, oh, you are serious. And he gets all giddy as she takes out some books from her bag and her pencils. And Adam tells her that he's bad at talking to people. But Rachel tells him that's okay because she likes silence. And Adam thinks that's awesome. So Rachel just ignores her lunch and starts coloring some more as Graham silently and quickly walks behind her and snaps a picture of her coloring. Which is weird. The bell rings, all the kids are running out of the school, and we stop by some cheerleader girl who's doing a spin in slow motion. She high-fives one of the gals when up walks Graham, and the girl tells her friends that she'll see him later, and we cut over to Graham showing this girl the picture of Mr. Top Hat that Rachel drew, and the girl's all, I can't believe you did that. They're under some stairs hidden from some kids, and Graham's trying to explain his creepiness, but she stops him saying, no, I can't believe you took it out of the trash since you wash your hands 50 times a day. Graham tells her, At that moment, my curiosity outweighed my germophobia. She asks if that's ever happened before, and he whispers, Never. And the gal, whose name is Louise, says that he might have something there and tells him to talk to Akiko. She leaves. He says, See you later. And she calls out, No. And then we cut. This character's name is Louise Fulci, and she's played by Tamara Smart, who's in the newest version of The Worst Witch, as well as the movie Artemis Fowl, which I guess was based on a book. Yep, I've heard of that. Yeah. I think Louise is probably my favorite member of the Midnight Society. I don't have a favorite member of the Midnight Society. Is it because they're all stupid and garbage? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. no one strikes me as being very interesting. I know exactly. At least right now. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your germophobic friend. 
Thank you so much for listening in, whether you're a longtime fan or this is your first episode. We always appreciate you spending some time with us. Are you excited for the next part of Carnival of Doom, but just can't wait another week? Our Patreon already has part two finished and uploaded for you. Check it out and become a patron today for as little as $1 a month and get instant access to early release episodes the moment I'm finished editing them. Higher tiers get more rewards like bonus episodes, stickers, t-shirts, and more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Mia, Tristan, Kaylee, and Veniswitch, the Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Matt, Gerilyn, and newest patron, Brittany, the Golden Day Days Faith, Sarah, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, Evelyn, and Matt. If you want to be just like these amazing people and help support our show, become a patron today. Thank you so much to all of our current patrons. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. Are you looking for more laughs? Brandon and I create a ton of content to complement every episode of the show, and we post it all to our Instagram at Private Island Presents and Twitter at PRVT Island. We've got it all. GIFs, memes, videos, abridged episodes, polls, and live watch parties every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Instagram. Give us a follow and enjoy. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and tell a buddy about us. Word of mouth is huge for podcasts. A quick link to all of our socials, the updated merch store, Patreon, and so much more can be found in the episode description. I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. Now we're looking at this shambling zombie in movie quality makeup. And it walks up mm-hmm. to a a teenage girl on her phone who calls out, Oh no, it's a zombie. And then Akiko yells, Cut, cut. And she walks up to the girl saying, The line is, Oh my god, there's a zombie. She asks if it really matters, and Akiko tells her, You're fired. And in the background we see Graham running up and he gets scared by that zombie. And we see another kid hold up two prop brains, asking Akiko to pick one. She waves her hand away, saying the good one. Graham gets Akiko's attention, asking when she's going to let him do music for one of her productions. To which she says that she doesn't work with friends. And then she slaps away a hand trying to give her a coffee, as Graham tells her that's a weird rule. Which is when I started (laughs) hating her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, cool, she makes horror movies, that's pretty cool, but she's actually kind of a diva, and I don't like that. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're you're like 13, and you're making movies in a park, like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> Even though you have this movie-quality zombie makeup somehow. Exactly. She explains that um, she pushes her collaborators, and she'd be worried about his feelings. This was, okay, so when I said earlier that these characters are all very clearly written by adults... Akiko right here, she is not acting like any teenager ever would act. She's acting like she is a executive producer, like for a big budget movie. And it's not even that. It's like the caricature of somebody that would be in that position. And I just don't like it. I don't like it. All these characters are caricatures. Even Graham with his excessive germophobia, it just doesn't hit the right notes. These characters are very, like, they're extra one-dimensional, and I don't like that at all. It's, it's like they m- just missed the point. Well, I don't know what the point is. The point is to have natural fucking teenage characters. <laughs> they just... 
They couldn't do it. They didn't do it. We hear the whoop of a siren and up rolls the police car. And Akiko says the, the party's over. And in the car, the officer tells her that they received many complaints from the neighbors in the area. She sarcastically says she can't imagine why. And the guy tells her it's something about a slide covered in blood. And the kids back up and we look at said slide in blood for a moment. And then the kids turn around and Akiko tells them that it's corn syrup. He tells her he also heard that there were explosions. So Akiko lets him know that there were minor pyrotechnics and she's got it under control. And then there's this giant explosion and sawdust just flies everywhere. And she <laughs> sighs in. kidding this stuff? That's a wrap, everyone. Great work today. I don't know. I like that part, though. It was kind of cute. I knew it was coming from like six miles away, but it was kind of cute. Akiko Yamato is played by Mia Cash. Catch? Mia Catch? I don't know. Sure. She's, she's been in a few other Nickelodeon shows like The Astronauts and The Thundermans. And she's also in some episodes of American Horror Story. Cardi Wong plays Akiko's brother Hideo. Um, he's the police officer that is yelling at his sister right now. Cardi plays in... Well, he was in a bunch of Christmas movies. And that's about all I said about him. Okay. There's lots of characters to meet. I didn't have time to write all this shit down. We cut over to Graham walking with Akiko and he's telling her um, it's kind of cool to have a cop as a brother and she asks how and he's all well maybe if you get a ticket maybe he could help you with it. I don't fucking care. (laughs) Yeah you're not wrong. They talk about the trash thing again because Akiko's surprised that he grabbed it from the trash too and he's all yeah yeah yep mm -hmm." and Akiko then asks what the new girl's name is and he tells her it's Rachel and Akiko then questions if she asked him if he saw the changeling. Which was weird. So, I don't know. The changeling is just something. He says, yup. And then she folds her arms saying, not terrible. She shows promise. Let's see if she's got the right stuff. Alright, back with Rachel. She's opening up her locker again. What up walks Adam saying that he knows what went wrong yesterday. And he should have used his other shoulder. He says that he'll get it this time though. But Rachel rips open that locker door. And he kind of sadly starts to walk away when Rachel asks him to save her a spot at lunch. He smiles, and Rachel looks into her locker. She sees a note in there, sealed in wax, with the letters TMS in it. So she opens it up and reads, What is scarier, a vampire or a werewolf? Put your answer in the wall behind the curtain in the theater classroom. Signed, TMS. P.S. Don't tell a soul about this, or you will be disqualified. She folds the note back up, and we cut, and she's in the theater room now. This is the most dramatic shit. I think it's fun, but it is. It's very unnecessarily dramatic. What is scarier, a werewolf or a vampire? Like, that's such a lame question. Brandon, you were just, you just don't get it, okay? I know, I, I don't get it, and I wouldn't make it into the Midnight Society. I know that. <laughs> but what is the point of this question? I don't know, because it's, like, it's all subjective, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think there's a right answer in their mind, so I think they just want to hear, like, your reasoning or something but even then that's not what it's asking though it's asking which one's scarier so she could literally just circle one and throw it in the fucking like (laughs) you know yeah it doesn't say which one's scarier and why you're right (laughs) (laughs) i just don't know what you'd get from any answer if you're just like vampires because vampires got teeth i wouldn't be like Whoa, she's got what it takes. <laughs> I don't know, Brandon, but I think it's a fun little point in the story. It's probably like the most fun that they have. I it. like the sequence. I just think the questions themselves are dumb. They are. Rachel's alone and she writes down, a vampire is much scarier. A werewolf only changes during a full moon. A vampire is a vampire every night. 
And we watch her hide the note, and it cuts to her opening her locker where another note is. She opens that up, and it reads, Would you rather be a ghost or a zombie? Place your answer in a lunchbox beneath the bleachers in the gym. TMS. She smiles. She grabs her notebook and slams the locker door. This one does have a right answer. Who would rather be a zombie? Dude, nobody. We cut over to the bleachers in gym where she writes, I'd rather be a ghost. Ghosts at least get to keep their personalities. Besides, sometimes I feel like a ghost already. And I'm just like, TMI, Rachel, shut the fuck up. My so-called life. God, so dramatic. (laughs) Underneath the bleachers, we watch her put the note in a hanging lunchbox that's just there for some reason. I don't know. Cut to her locker again where there's another note. She opens that one up that says, Would you rather spend the night in a haunted house or a cemetery? Place your answers inside the toilet paper dispenser in the bathroom stall on the second floor. TMS. In that bathroom stall, we see Rachel write, I'd sleep in a cemetery. That sounds peaceful. Unless it's raining. Then I'd risk staying in a haunted house. P.S. Is the house haunted by scary ghosts or nice ghosts? That makes a big difference. We see her hide that note too and warp to another day at her locker. She opens it up and there's yet another note. She opens that one and it reads, congratulations, you have passed the challenge. Be there at midnight. What challenge? Having opinions? Yes. She celebrates in the hall for a moment before composing herself and picking up the most elaborate and ancient map possible. This is not made by children. (laughs) No. She wonders who those guys are before folding the map back up and cutting to her room. So it's nighttime, and she's sneaking out of her window and down her roof. And we cut over in the woods where Rachel's breathing heavily, and she's telling herself that she could do this. And then she gets spooked by some bats or something in the woods, but she keeps going on. She checks out a tree where there's a marking, so she checks her map, and she smiles because she's on the right track. She trudges through the woods some more before finding a boat. She gets inside. She grabs the attached rope to pull herself along the water? This is ridiculous. Yeah. There's got to be an easier way to get there it's ridiculous the whole thing but we'll get the boat is just that's way too much give me a fucking break after some time she goes further into the woods and we see a kid in a mask run from behind a tree she gets spooked again and calls out if somebody's there because there's some snapping twigs and shit everywhere she chants not to be scared before getting scared some more but she continues walking and a kid jumps behind her, then another in front of her. We hear some kids laughing. What are they doing? What is this? It's all part No, of shut the, the sh- fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I hate you. <laughs> Thought you'd like that. You've been waiting for that, haven't you? <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so anyway, Rachel falls to the ground, (laughs) scrambles to find her light. She gets it, and she's immediately surrounded by people. They hand her a bag, telling her to put it on, so she puts the bag on her head. And, oh, by the way, the kids all have these enormous torches. (laughs) That's where I draw the line. Walking through a dry forest. You're keeping your identity a secret, even though it's dumb, and this whole thing's dumb. The boat. It's fucking absurd, but, you know, you gotta get across the water somehow. But the torches, for whatever reason, like, the pageantry is just too much. So much. I hate You're it. You're telling spooky stories by the fire. Like, come on. These torches are, like, medieval. <laughs> like, you would yeah. get this in Dark Souls. <laughs> this is all, like, some crazy Wicker Man shit. These kids, like, this is a cult. It is. And I don't know where the hell they got these masks either. Like, they're these kind of, like, faceless masks that are all, like, cracked. I don't get it. Yeah, they got them from Akiko's 
visual effects department. God, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> we get this shot of a first-person Rachel inside the bag, and all she can see is the fire from those enormous torches. <laughs> Someone reaches over and lifts the bag off of her head, and she looks around to see the kids all in their cracky masks. They all take their seats around the campfire, and one of the girls tells her to take a seat. So she does. That girl then tells her that she passed the initial trials, but there's one final step. And we hear Graham, because it's clearly Graham, from behind his mask teller, to meet us at the same place tomorrow night. She has 24 hours to come up with a story. Rachel asks, a story? And we hear Louise, because it's clearly Louise, tell her, a truly scary story. Graham tells her that if they like her story, she'll join their group. But if they don't, they'll never contact her ever again. You get one opportunity. Do not waste it. Shut the fuck up, Graham. Rachel looks around and says that she's going to need more than a day to come up with something great. But Graham tells her, nope, that's all you get. Louise stands up saying, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. closed. And she dumps the water on the fire. The bag goes oh, over Rachel's head again. This? And we hear Graham tell her not to tell anyone about them. I don't know. They Okay, tell her a story so that she can get an understanding of how to tell a story. You can't just... It's, I don't like it. I feel like instead of bringing her out here and terrorizing her and blindfolding her just to be like, hey, come back here tomorrow. Like, that's such (laughs) just a fucking waste of time. They could have put one last card in her locker that said, come here and bring a scary story with you. And she could have thought of a scary story and skipped this whole thing. God. We zip back to Rachel's house where she's magically on her roof. I don't know how she gets up there. I don't, whatever. She goes back inside through her window. She dances and do- <laughs> super dodges her way. <laughs> she plops on her bed. She smiles. The next morning, we see Rachel scratching some notes in her notebook at the table. And there's a kind of knock on her door and mom answers it saying, Rachel, there's someone here to see you. So Rachel gets up and she walks over to the door and it's Gavin who says hi. And she stares at him for a good second before awkwardly saying, Hi. He's all, morning. She says, hi, again. Then Gavin tells her, I'm sorry, I just needed a moment to compose myself. Then Gavin tells her that he was just talking to his mom about the hot summer nights here. Mom ushers Rachel out of the door as Gavin offers to walk her to school. So Rachel hesitates while he tells her that it's not far, it's good exercise. And eventually she tells him, sure. And then they start walking to school. And now we get the walk to school scene where... On the way, he tells her, so I saw you last night. And she asks, when? And he tells her, at two in the morning. He's just casually watched her climb into her window. At two o'clock in the morning. They're teenagers on a school night. Why not? Rachel kind of stumbles her words saying that she was at a party. Gavin's all, oh, really? Kind of stumbles her words. Every time she's talking to this guy, she turns into Bella Swan. And she's like, (laughs) I I, 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 fucking hate it. (laughs) <laughs> whatever you love teenage drama you you eat this shit up with a spoon there's degrees she tells him oh yeah for sure i love partying and he thinks that's cool rachel brain blasts an idea and just has to write it down gavin asks what it is and she tells him that she's trying to come up with a good idea for her story to which he asks for what and she looks at him saying for class he asks which class and she tells him for story class she has to come up with something scary, but she can't decide what to do. 
Gavin tells her, that's easy. We're all afraid of something. I'm afraid of vampires, spiders, pop quizzes. What are you afraid of? What scares you the most? Rachel thinks about that for a second and then says, I know what I'm going to write about. Are you fucking kidding me? She needed him to give her the idea to write a scary story about something that's scary? Yes, Brandon. Yes. All right. We get a little montage again, second montage, of Rachel writing down her story in class, which flashes to that little girl from the start of the episode. Then the spinning carnival thing, and basically all the images from her dream, like Mr. Top Hat. She smiles some more as she's writing, and then we warp to nighttime, and we hear Top Hat say it's all part of the show, and then Rachel makes her way out of her window, and she warps to the Midnight Society meeting spot where all the kids are standing there with their torches. She tells them to bring on the bag, and she's ready to go. So they do, and they lead her to the campfire. At the campfire, Graham stands up and hands her a pouch of monkey bone dust, saying, throw a handful of this into the fire. She opens it up, she reaches in, she throws a fistful of the finest monkey bone dust into the fire, which blazes up all dramatically, and Luis pulls out a little note. Okay, this elaborate (sighs) note. It's all too elaborate. Yeah. The Midnight Society in the original series was just kids that came to the spot and told stories, and yeah, they had their traditions and they had their, you know, certain way of doing things, but it wasn't like they were given a charter at the beginning of every meeting like these are the rules thine must follow i just i don't it's too much i know louise hands that little note to one of the kids who hands it to rachel and she says every story starts with these words followed by the title of your story rachel reads the note which says submitted for the approval of the midnight society i call this story and then she says the tale of mr top hat and the carnival of doom long name rachel like get fucked yeah it doesn't roll off the tongue (laughs) also it seems like this chick's a one-trick pony like mr top hat's all she's got i like the fact that she just colored in mr top hat like the main character of her horror story and it took her Mm -hmm. forever to figure out what kind of horror story she was gonna write about yeah she never even thought to include all the horror things she's always thinking and drawing and yeah because later on graham's obsessed with Graham says that she was drawing a giant spider, but there's no giant spiders in this story. There's baby yeah. scorpions. Right. Maybe he's just stupid and he can't tell his arachnids apart. Maybe that's it. Okay. That leads us right into the story of the episode. So this is about the 20, 23 minute mark or something like that. And we get this story inside of a story. And um, it's not bad. Uh, yeah. We're in the backseat of a car with a little girl from the beginning of the episode, and we get a voiceover from Rachel saying that they called it the Carnival of Doom. Her parents promised her it wouldn't be that scary. And we watch the girl look out the window at some huge flames that just, like, erupt for some reason. And she calls out, wow. Dad opens up her door saying, the Carnival of Doom really lives up to his name, huh? Come on. <laughs> this girl's like eight, and they're like, we're here, honey, the Carnival of Doom. <laughs> yeah. It tries to tell us that she's in middle school, but she is not in middle school. No. She's in, like, third grade. (laughs) (laughs) It's her first day of kindergarten. (laughs) Pretty much. Rachel's voiceover says that they promised her it'd be fun, but what they didn't know was that she liked being scared. Okay. We watched Dad talking to the ticket salesman, and he's all, You sure this is free? And the creepy ticket guy tells him, Tonight only it is. And we cut to Rachel saying, 
Or at least she did. Because after that night, she never set foot in a carnival again. And we see the girl turn around and look at that ticket guy as they walk by. And he lifts up the lenses to his sunglasses. And his eyes are gone. And she screams. And we cut to commercial. The little girl in this story is played by the adorable Nevis Unipon. I loved her. I gotta say, I found this girl a little creepy. Yeah, I think she was perfect for the role, honestly. Oh, absolutely. If I was, like, the casting director for this and this girl came in, I would be like, oh, thank that God. One. Like, someone someone who looks like this exists. I think she's super because cute. Like, she's she got these big perfect. eyes. Uh, I think she's yes. perfect. She's perfect for, like, a spooky story. Mm-hmm. She plays Samantha in Lost in Space, which I think is, like, maybe a Netflix show or something. She's also been in The 100, and she was in an episode of Supernatural. Cool. Yeah, good going, Nevis. She's the kind of um, child actor that I like, and I would. I, I hope that they have like a prolific career. I could see her doing really good. Yeah, she did well in this. She was probably my favorite um, part of the episode, aside from the mom, which I'll cover in a minute. God, she's great. The father in the story is played by Maddie Finocchio. <laughs> His last name looks like Pinocchio, but it's an F instead of a B. <laughs> So. All right, Frank Scorpion, you've got some competition. <laughs> what? Frank Scorpion is on like another plane of existence, yeah, Brandon. I know. <laughs> Trying to give this episode something. He played Tweedle Number One in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. He was also in a show called Date My Dad and a show called Day of the Dead that looks to be coming out later this year. Sure. The mom is in the story, is played by the wonderful Laura Bertram. Oh, yeah. She's been in a few episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and she does a fantastic job in the story. I love her. She's so good. Yeah, it was great to see her. I wish she would have had a bigger role, but that's okay. She could have played every role. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, actually, me too. (laughs) (laughs) We come back back to a close-up of Rachel's face, and she says that the young girl grabbed her mother's sleeve, and but then Graham interrupts, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. The clown had no eyes. Rachel nods, saying, yeah. And Graham's all, nothing at all? Like, nothing in his eye sockets or anything? Which, give me a fuck, oh my god. Yeah, I hated this. I just want to skip it. Rachel tells him, look. (laughs) You describing to me when you were like, he took off his glasses and he had no eyes. Like, I felt nothing. I know. In my soul. That's one of those. I things. wasn't like, oh fuck, oh no. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like a small detail that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Louise shuts the crap down, telling her to just continue this fucking story. So she does, and the young girl grabbed her mother's sleeve and told her what she saw. And we warp back into the story where the little girl tells the mom that dude had no eyes and asks her mom to have him take off his glasses. So they walk back to this guy. And uh, Laura Bertram demands the guy to take off his glasses. So he does, and boom, he's got eyes again. And he looks at the little girl and shrugs. <laughs> and Mom tells Dad that she thinks someone Sorry, is letting him. I have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he shrugging? <laughs> he knows what he did. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Mom tells Dad that she thinks somebody is letting their imagination get to her, and the mom he took then- her to the carnival of fucking doom. <laughs> Give this girl a goddamn break! <laughs> oh my god! The mom pulls the girl aside and asks if she wants to go home, and then tells her nothing bad's gonna happen and she can trust her. <laughs> so we cut back to Rachel saying, "If only the mother knew that how wrong she was." <laughs> 
Gotta say, I miss these Midnight Society interludes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> we get to see the little girl get some popcorn now, and a voice calls out for them to head into the big tent so the festivities can begin. All the people get all in there, and we close in on the little girl staring. And some dude walks on stage, and he's got a microphone, and he says, Welcome to tonight's main event. I am Bartholomew. It is my honor to introduce you to the Master of Ceremonies, King of the Carnival, Emperor of the Night, and Friend to No Man. A curtain opens up, and all the people cheering, and out walks Mr. Top Hat. With every step, people stamp their feet for some reason, and Bartholomew says, You may call him Mr. Top Hat. And the crowd cheers and they stamps a whole bunch more and Mr. Top Hat calls out, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, ghouls and goblins, fast zombies, slow zombies, creatures of the night, enemies of the day, lovers of fun and haters of everything good and decent. Welcome to the Carnival of Doom. The lights turn off and everyone looks around a bit and we hear Bartholomew apologize for the technical difficulties as the girl asks her mom what's going on. Mom tells her to just wait as the crowd whispers, and the girl suggests that they go home, when from behind her pops Mr. Top Hat, and she screams in his face, he screams back at her, and then tells her that she has a very good scream, and suggests that she uses it later. Then he looks around and he's telling the crowd not to be alarmed, since it's all part of the show. He reaches his arm around Dad's shoulder and he's saying, you may experience things here that are going to shake you to your very core. And then he shakes dad who smiles and then he gives dad a smooch on the cheek and he shifts over to mom saying, but just remember everyone, it's all part of the, and he points to the little girl who says show and the lights go back off and he disappears and then he reappears on the stage. Gotta say, hate it when he says it's all part of the show. I hate it. You mean every five fucking seconds, 30 times that he says it? Yeah, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Totally I tried to make that happen. We got a new character, Brandon. Oh, who is it? We have Bartholomew. He's played by Michael Adamthwaite, who did a lot of voices in animated shows. He is all over the place. He's in Ninjago. He's in Zoids from 2018. Remember that? Your brother loves Zoids. Yeah, he did he the... Likes- he did the voice of Colossus in X-Men Evolution. He's got a oh, huge, huge IMDb page. He was in Death Note, Final Destination 5, The Good Wife, Twilight New Moon, Brandon, Inuyasha. Hey. The list just goes on and on. He's in tons of stuff. And he's got a great voice, so I can see why. Cool. Rachel tells us that she understood what was happening. They were putting on a show. She liked being scared, and this was super fun. On stage, Mr. Top Hat laughs about how now the real fun is about to begin. Bartholomew laughs too. And at this point, Mr. Top Hat is just talking about the carnival, saying it's got rides and food and all that garbage. And the crowd cheers, the little girl included, and they all stand up. And the little girl says, let's go on some rides. And they get up to go. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, what? That that was it? That was the show? Yes. (laughs) They come in. They all got their little popcorn. They sit down. Mm-hmm. Mr. Top Hat comes out, says, it's all part of the show, like four times. Yes. Disappears, sexually assaults dad, disappears <laughs> back, and then is like, hey, enjoy the carnival. And then they stand up and go? Yeah, Brandon. Yeah. What the fuck is this? It's boring is what it is. <laughs> At least we got to hear Bartholomew's buttery smooth voice, huh? <laughs> Okay, go on. All right, so these the little girl wants to ride some rides, but um, then she has to go potty, right? 
So the mom asks if she wants her to go with her, but the little girl says, nah, I got this. And we hear Rachel say the carnival was too big for someone so small. And little did she know, one wrong turn would lead her to a place where no child is meant to be. Yeah, I ain't ain't letting my kid walk around by themselves at a carnival. Fucking me neither. Absolutely not. I would be like handcuffed to my son being like, come on, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't let my son out of my sight for like five fucking seconds. We watch the little girl exit the restroom area, and she looks around, and she sees some people with numbers on their shirts. They're kind of just walking around a little. She goes through the legs of some dude on stilts that laughs at her, and then a girl with a giant snake walks by and laughs at her, too. I don't get why everybody's laughing at this little girl. Oh, she's kind of funny. Okay. She heads the the way they came, for some reason, and turns a corner to find Mr. Top Hat, and he's just sitting on a chair, and, and he says, hello. And he then pulls out a scorpion from an urn on the ground, and he lifts it up by the stinger, and then he eats it. Oh, he chomps that thing. He is way into it. He's not just like, he's like, (laughs) so stupid. The little girl asks him if this is part of the show, and and then she looks down at Mr. Top Hat's sleeve and, and his sequined pants, and there's scorpions crawling out of them. Like, they're just pouring out of him for some reason. He then asks, What's wrong, little girl? I thought you liked being scared. She runs away screaming, and we cut back to Graham, who's all, There were scorpions crawling out of his pant legs, and he took one and he ate it? And someone throws a rock at him. Have you ever heard a scary story, Graham? I don't know. This all happened in the Changeling, so. (laughs) Does he like this for every story that they tell? He's going to be like, there was a ghost? A ghost? Man, if that was anybody that he I knew. He was cold? I would kick him out of the club so quick. Somebody throws a rock at Graham and yells at him, just let her finish her fucking story, Graham. And Rachel looks at him saying, Graham, is it? And he tells her, this is not the Graham you know. This is an entirely different one that you do not know. And Rachel tells him, well, I like that, Graham. And Louise asks her to continue, so she does, saying... To make matters worse, the young girl ran directly into the two meanest girls in her school. And we zip back to the story where the girl runs into the two meanest girls of the school, (laughs) who sarcastically ask her, what's wrong? And they begin making fun of her, and the little girl tells them not to go back there, so they mock her some more. As she tries telling them that Mr. Top Hat's back there, and he's evil. And they tell her, it's all part of the show, and they call her a baby before going back to check it out. Rachel tells us the little girl watched them leave, and she hoped she was wrong. That she hoped they'd be safe, but we cut over to the little girl begging her parents to go check it out since she knew they weren't safe. But I guess they just don't do that? No. I I feel like my notes are a little muddy right here. She meets these girls. They go check out Mr. Top Hat for some reason. She runs to her parents to say, hey, Mr. Top Hat is secretly scorpions. And they just (laughs) leave and go home. (laughs) Yes. They're like, all right this she's not enjoying the carnival of doom the way we thought she would so we'll finally take her home and they do and that's what they do yep (laughs) yes rachel tells us that the girl woke up the next day and her memories from the previous night felt more like a nightmare rather than something she actually experienced she was grateful it was all over we zoom back to the story where the little girl is eating some cereal. There's a TV on with the news on behind her, and we hear it say that in breaking news, two middle school girls have been reported missing. The police have begun their search with the help of friends and family. And we look at the picture, and it's of the two girls that were mean to the little girl, because of course it is. And the girl stands mm-hmm. up and slowly walks towards the TV. We see mom whipping some 
something with a whisk in the background. And the little girl says, they were at the carnival. And she turns around saying, I told them not to go back there. Dad asks, what carnival? And little girl's all, the carnival of doom. Mom and dad laugh. Mom saying, what a dramatic name. And the little girl looks at them saying, Mm -hmm. you don't remember it? Dad tells her that he doesn't know what she's talking about. And the little girl kind of yells, we went there together. And mom fucking starts power whisking this pancake batter as the girl stutters. The three of us? Dad asks if she's okay, and the girl runs outside. She gets on her bike and bikes to where the carnival was. But she looks on and sees that there's nothing there. And we hear Rachel say, there was no sign of the carnival. No one in town even remembered that name. Not her parents, not her friends, not her teachers. No one. There's some cool camera work of it spinning around the little girl, and it's flashing back to events of the night. And Rachel tells us that in time, the girl forgot about the carnival too, and the man in the top hat faded from her memories. The two girls were never found. The end. That sequence of the story was my favorite. The story part of the story? The ending portion of the story. Okay, so the ending portion of the story in the story was your favorite part of the story in the story, or the story? Of the story in general. Okay. It was my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I liked when those girls went missing, because they sucked. (laughs) Oh, my God. But the whole, like, camera work and fucking Laura Bertram whipping those pancakes. and whipping whipping that batter. And and the the desperation on the little girl's face. Like, she did a great job in the acting. And um, her at the abandoned carnival area and spinning around and her being like, holy fuck, what the hell is going on? Liked it. I liked it a lot. Thought it was cool. The people who who run carnivals, they can tear those down pretty quickly. Yeah, they're, they're traveling carnivals. I mean, that's what yeah, they do. Yeah, they they break them down. They're out of there. So that part, not so weird. <laughs> but the everybody forgetting about it thing, you know, that's a little weird. I like that portion of it. I think it's going to be the most interesting part to me, unless they fuck it up, unless they explain it in a really shitty way. They will. Mm-hmm. Back at the Midnight Society, the members all kind of look around at each other for a while until Louise takes off her mask and smiles. Then Graham takes off his, followed by Akiko, and finally the last member. But Rachel stops him, saying, let me guess, Adam. But he takes off his mask and it's Gavin. And he's all, you didn't know it was me? And she says, well, that literally never occurred to me. And Gavin's all, I thought I asked you too many questions. I had to make sure you wouldn't rat us out. Luis introduces herself and then introduces Graham, even though she already knows who he is. And she starts poking at him, saying that he was scared out of his mind. But he's all, yeah, that's a good thing. I want to be scared. Then Luis points and introduces Akiko, who says hi. And Rachel looks around, saying, you took off your masks. You told me your names. Does this mean what I think it means? And they all stand up. They're not going to let her go. (laughs) She's part of the cult. She knows too much. So all of the thematics aside and stuff, it would be pretty cool to be in a club like this. Eh, I don't know. The pressure of coming up with the scary stories. Too much for me. Yeah, I guess you're right. They all stand up and Gavin hands her a pocket knife saying that you do the honors. So Rachel turns around and carves her initials into the log. Is that something that they showed us up until this point or is it just... No. Okay. No, it's just like, here's this thing we do. But they didn't tell her that and she didn't see any of the other logs because she had a bag no, on her she just knows. Okay. Weird. Really, really fucking weird. Gavin smiles, saying, welcome to the club, Rachel. Akiko smiles, saying, it's a lot of pressure. Hope you can handle it. And Rachel tells him, don't worry, I can't. And Luis declares the meeting over, and she dumps the water on the fire. 
We cut to the kids walking through the forest and Graham is telling her that he's got to tell her about his first story sometime. It was about a leprechaun who drinks blood. Rachel asks, a vampire leprechaun? Sure does. But if it starred Sean, I'd watch it. A vampire leprechaun sounds so boring. I don't even know how that could be a compelling story. But Graham tells her, no, it's not. Um, Well, it's complicated. And we hear Louise call out that he can annoy her some, some other time. And he goes to walk away from Rachel, but she asks, do you want to know a secret? You're not annoying. <laughs> it's a yeah. stupid secret. I don't know about that one. Graham, <laughs> Graham tells her that he knew that part and thought she was going to tell him an actual secret. And I'm not going to lie, Brandon. I thought she was going to tell him a secret, too. But she didn't. Yeah, we were all let down. He walks away from her with a wave and, and Gavin walks up asking if she wants to walk home together. And by that, he means taking the fucking elaborate boat ride over the water. How is everybody else getting home? Uh, they're probably just walking around the, the water that's there. <laughs> There's a bridge something. right over here, guys. God. In the boat, Rachel asks why. And Gavin finishes that thought saying, why did we choose you? It was your drawings. She asks, what drawings? And Gavin tells her there was one of Mr. Top Hat and one of a giant spider. And Rachel stumbles over that saying, We you know saw all it was my Mr. Drawings? Top Hat because it said Mr. Top Hat in big letters with an arrow pointing to his top hat. <laughs> Gavin tells her that they were amazing and really creative stuff. But more importantly, they were pretty scary. She says, thanks, and asks, so how long have you been in the Midnight Society? Gavin tells her, two years, he thinks. And she says she wouldn't have guessed he likes scary stories although she admits to not knowing much about him Gavin's all oh okay um um i uh don't eat meat that's not like an ethical choice i just don't like it sometimes i worry I people care. Will, sometimes he worries people will think that it just doesn't seem interesting but then i remember it doesn't matter what people think so um i like the knicks it's okay you're wasting my life with this i just i'm sorry i had to stop for a second there <laughs> All right, so they have this awkward conversation in the boat where um, Gavin is telling her all sorts of juicy details about his life. It's just really awkward and that stupid. don't matter. And then he asks what she really wants to know. And I have, I have my notes here. This was all cut with awkward laughing that I just am not going to talk about. Rachel asks why he likes telling scary stories. Gavin tells her he thinks he prefers listening, actually. It's fun to see what other people come up with because that's the whole fun of the Midnight Society, right? We get scared. We can let yeah, our imaginations run wild, and then we go home and sleep safe and sound in our beds, knowing that the real world is much simpler, and there's nothing out there going bump in the night. Rachel nods, saying, yeah, and we warp to the houses where Rachel's in her window and Gavin's in his, and he yells, hey, goodnight, Rachel, and she says goodnight back, and then they close their windows and they go to sleep. We cut to the next morning where there's a garage door that opens up, and Adam is there, and he's walking his golden retriever. Owen picks up, so he zips up his coat, and they walk through the woods, there's some peaceful music for a moment before Adam almost gets hit by a truck. He looks out and there's a carnival being put up. And his dog, Jefferson, by the way, not Montana, I don't know why it wasn't, oh. runs away from him and to the carnival. Adam follows and we cut to the woods where we see Jefferson running and barking back without Adam. We cut back to the garage from a moment ago where it's raining a ton and Adam's mom walks out asking for Adam. And then she says, Jefferson, where's Adam? <laughs> Like the dog could talk. <laughs> and that's that. Wash our hands of that scene. We cut back to school where Akiko is sitting on a table. She's sitting on this table, crisscross applesauce. She's got her shoes on. I don't like it. Get those shoes off the fucking table, Akiko. She's saying that she's over zombies and the next movie's going to be werewolves since it's a really underused genre. 
one of the kids says cop i think and akiko turns around to see her brother he calls her over she asks what's wrong and then we cut to a backpack slapping on a desk and rachel is taking her seat graham is behind her and she asks when she gets her own scary mask graham shushes her saying that they don't talk about tms at school so she's all oh sorry my bad and then he whispers but the answer is soon and everyone is silenced by the teacher saying quiet I got something to share with you. A kid makes a stupid joke and he tells him to shut the fuck up and then casually says, it appears that one of your fellow students went missing this morning, Adam Lynch. Now, if any one of you have seen him or heard about him, please come talk to me or someone in the principal's office. He just casually, very, very casually is like, oh, by the way, one of your, one of your students is missing. Yeah. Obviously, Rachel reacts to the news, but the teacher just brushes it aside, saying, now, onto a more positive note. And he starts handing papers back. And the kid... <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious because of how much he didn't fucking care about Adam yeah. going missing and then immediately starts handing out ads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Could not give any less of a shit. He's like, uh, our fellow student, Adam, he's possibly murdered. But hey, check out this fun little party. <laughs> He tells them that this is a really fun thing to do this weekend. And we watch Akiko, Luis, and Gavin all get their flyers, followed by Graham and then Rachel. And it's a flyer for the Carnival of Doom. All the Midnight Society kids look a little scared about it. And Rachel's saying, oh my god. And she looks out the window to see a little scorpion on it. Yeah. Scorpions always be climbing windows. That's what they do. <laughs> we cut over to Mr. Top Hat, who lifts a finger to his mouth and goes, shh. <laughs> and then he says it's all part of the show he says it a lot more stupid than that i'm not gonna change it and then he laughs and we cut <laughs> to credits i gotta say like them handing like them getting the flyers and reacting to it i thought was really good sure if i were one of the other kids i'd be like oh rachel had these printed out that's cool all right do you think that's gonna come up next episode like they're just gonna be like rachel what the fuck is this like come on i hope so That'd be pretty cool. If their immediate assumption is, oh my god, it's coming true. <laughs> like, all these kids seem pretty genre aware, so I would hope they're like, uh, stop being stupid. I hope that's what happens. I hope that they're like, Rachel, why did you do this? That was expensive. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, these kids are all super dramatic and theatrical, so it's not out of character for any of them. Nah. Oh, so that was that was part one of the Carnival of Doom. What did you think, Brandon? I want to see what happens next, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're going to like regardless, but I don't like the kids either. Um, I'm interested to see what'll happen. I hope the mom's in it more cuz she's great. Oh, yeah, right? She's the best character so far. <laughs> Besides Laura Bertram and the little girl from the story. Just all the moms. That would be a perfect story. I really don't feel like I have much more to say about this. I'm not very We've um, talked about it twice now, so Yeah. I will say there's not really any characters that I'm invested in at this point. So let's see what happens uh, in the next episode. No, I think uh, the character I like the most is Adam. And he's been kidnapped and possibly killed now. So <laughs> it's not looking uh, good. <laughs> yeah, we're just left with. Is that a question? Do you want to know what the next episode's called, Brandon? Sure. Okay, it's nothing fancy. It's nothing really cool. It's just it's just part two opening night. So, given that name, what do you think is going to happen? I know. 
Well, I think the fucking carnival's gonna open and Mr. Top Hat's gonna be there and he's gonna say it's all part of the show three or four times and, uh... Three or four? Okay, that's an understatement. It's gonna be like a hundred. Hey, I don't know. I'd like to be surprised. Yeah. And then he's gonna, like, haunt them all one by one? So, I've actually seen this episode before, but I barely remember it. I was working, um, in a factory job at the time when I was watching it, so I was only kind of half paying attention, but I'm not gonna bother... Saying what I think it's going to be, so it's whatever. Okay. We'll both find out then. What do you think the moral of the story is, Brandon? Uh, don't mess with baby scorpions. Uh, don't overwhisk your pancake batter. Good one, yes. If you're writing a teenage television show, don't make your character sound like an 80-year-old school teacher by asking them, Is that a question? Yeah. He was trying to sound cool and just didn't. No, it came off so asshole-ish. I hate it. I don't want to talk about it anymore, Brandon. I'm done. Fuck this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Uh, is there anything else we need to do? I don't think we need to give this one a new name yet. I think we should just wait till the end. All right. Because submitted for approval is fine. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You would think that it would be submitted for the approval, but whatever. So far, Brandon... Not my favorite. Obviously, we're going to keep going and see what happens. And I feel a little bit invested in the overall story. I'm not a fan of pretty much any of the Midnight Society yet, except for maybe Louise. But I feel like the next episode, we're going to get more of them. We're going to get more of their personality and stuff. So show me show me what I want to see. You know, make me like these characters. Hopefully there's something there. Yeah. But for now, Brandon, I'm going back to sleep. I've had enough of this. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> I've been up all night. All right. I'll see you next week, Brandon. Bye, everybody. I'll be here. Bye. Bye.